Rhino, we are literally days away from a summer camp spring training game. And 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 dare I say at the start of the season, I really didn't think this would happen. Did you? Uh Chad, I kept saying the entire time the season was happening. You were the one that kept saying you didn't see it happen. So let the record show for once I was the one that was being positive about a baseball season actually happening. Just remember that. I'm glad you're right. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. We're going to talk about the pitching, all the different pitching scenarios, who's the starter, what's going on at the, at the, the four and five spot, the closer. And we're also going to talk about uh, maybe it's not such a good thing to drop 25 pounds in the offseason. Possibly. And oh my goodness, do we have a blockbuster of a guest for everyone today. Mike Greenberg from ESPN, the host of Get Up, the longtime host of the radio show, Mike and Mike. He's talking to us, Chad. He is joining the Friendly Confines. We are so excited to talk to him. So stay tuned because the Friendly Confines podcast starts right now. First inning now, Chad, and oh my goodness, we are just about a week away from the first pitch of the Major League Baseball season. We have waited quite some time, but it is finally here because the Cubs and the Brewers will actually be playing on July 24th. We will finally see baseball that matters or doesn't matter, depending on how you're looking at this 2020 season. Uh, I mean, listen, at this point, I think everybody, including myself, we're just kind of gripping anything we can hang on to, white-knuckling it, hoping that there's nothing that throws this season off course when it comes to COVID-19. Because whether we look at this season with an asterisk or not, I just want to see baseball being played that are actual games. And I am just anticipating and hoping for the best at this point and hoping there is nothing that derails in the next week and a half for anything to occur that might make this more difficult than it is. That's where I stand on this right now. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm shocked that we're here. I really, you know, this I've been saying since, since (laughs) March, April on these podcasts that, uh, that I didn't think baseball was going to happen this summer. And I, and I still not to be the pessimist, uh, but I'm, I'm a little bit pessimistic. Um, I'm not sure it's going to finish out. Um, I don't think this is an asterisk season. This is a, a special – it's an asterisk year, if anything. The fact that they're playing and the fact they beat basketball back and hockey back, I think, is a, a testament um, to that they're making their best efforts despite a lot of, of health and safety measures that, that are very concerning. And so it's going to be interesting, Ryan. It's going to be interesting to to not have the crowd shots. It's not going to – it's going to be interesting not to have the crowd behind – it's it's you know we saw a little bit of that in some of the the video we've seen from Wrigley Field. It's it's a different feel um, than than regular. But they're going to be playing. They're going to be playing the Brewers. You know for that first game, they're going to be back at Wrigley Field under the lights. I'm I'm I need the distraction. I've been dying for this distraction. Bring on baseball in any form. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think just to have live sports again and the fact that. Basically, I mean, the NBA is going to be right there, too. The MLB will be basically the first major sport to uh, kick off uh, since the pandemic. It's it's going to be great. And I think fans are just looking forward to something. So let's move on to the second inning now, Chad. And Anthony Rizzo, who's been um, talking a little bit about 
uh, some issues with his back and having back spasms. Well, it was announced that after an MRI that Anthony Rizzo has rib inflammation on his left side around where the rib attaches to the spine. Now, Anthony Rizzo, who uh, is kind of dealt with discomfort in the past, he dropped 25 pounds and he looked fantastic. So this is unfortunate. Um, certainly he has tried to do everything he can to look healthy, to be healthy for this season. But he said straight up that I, I can do anything and everything I can, but I can't control the inflammation. So David Ross, the Cubs manager, doesn't seem to think it's going to be an issue, but that's right now. Hopefully, Anthony Rizzo can stay healthy because without Anthony Rizzo in the lineup on a day-in and day-out basis, it certainly is going to hamper this Cubs offense uh, for, for the entire season. Yeah, I'm concerned. I mean, this is – it's been played out by every single person that has analyzed this season. If a team has a rough stretch – over a 60-game season, they're out. They're done. And so if this team has to play without Anthony Rizzo, that does not bode well for the Cubs. I'm concerned because, again, like you said, he dropped a lot of weight, you know, kind of shades of back when uh, Kyle Schwarber came in, not looking like himself and trimming up, and then we realized that was a short-term thing. Kyle came back to his regular playing weight. You know, it makes sense for Anthony's a big boy. And I'm sure, you know, um, he started to think about longevity and what he wants to do. And as his contract comes up, you know, as a free agent in the, in the next few years, you know, he wants to play a long time and he wants to have a statue outside of Wrigley Field. He wants to be the captain. Um, it's concerning that he, he's he's made all these efforts to get himself in in better shape, put less pounding on his body. And he's got this inflammation internal issue. Rib injuries are no joke. Those can last and those can be an issue for a long time. And just imagine the the force and the torque of his swing on those rib injuries. So I, you know, if this team starts the season and goes a couple of weeks without Anthony Rizzo, that is a red flag for their success. Um, I don't know if you, you plug in Bodie, you make Kyle Schwarberg over there. I don't know. Or you put Brian over there and you move, move things around. I don't know, but it's, it's a red flag for me and it's a big concern area. All right. So let's move on to the third inning, Chad, and we'll uh, switch from the offense to the pitching. Um, obviously, um, lots of questions remain for this pitching staff, both on the rotation side and in the bullpen. Um, obviously, one big question is who's going to start on opening day? There's been no word as to who will just yet. Obviously, it's uh, so up in the air with everything that's been going on. So you got you Darvish, you got John Lester, and you got Kyle Hendricks, who are all vying for that opportunity. And Kyle Hendricks... Um, in uh, one of the Cubs scrimmages through over six scoreless innings uh, through about 66 pitches. Um, certainly Kyle Hendricks has that Greg Maddox like mentality where he is just so great about, um, you know, making sure every pitch he throws counts. And he's always one of those guys that when he does throw a complete game, I mean, sometimes he'll throw only 75 pitches for a complete <laughs> game. It's, it's so remarkable. So um, let's make the case. Well, there, there's a couple answers for me, and it's, it's, it's interesting. If you want to go with legacy, you put John Lester out there. You honor him for, for making the choice to come to the north side in 2015 and being really the, 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 the flag raising to say the Cubs are for real and, and change the whole dynamic in the clubhouse. And you give him that one last home opener, not opener, season opener start. You know, So from a legacy standpoint, you do that. From a passing the 
torch standpoint, you go with you Darvish. You Darvish is your ace now. He's the guy that you've got to focus on. He's the guy with the big contract. But you know what? Here's where my mind is going. If you want to have a cleaner game and you want to not rely on the bullpen right out of the gate, which you're probably going to have to do with you Darvish, if he misses spots and, and gets a pitch count up high, you go with Kyle Hendricks and you know you're going to get steady. You know you're going to have to – you're going to get a guy that can go deeper in the game um, and not tax your bullpen. So my my pick, you know, is a little sentimental pick. My pick is to go with uh, John Hendricks and uh, and let him have that one last hurrah. Wait, you you combined John Lester and Kyle Hendricks, oh but I'm assuming you meant – I know you meant oh my John God. Lester. You meant John Lester. <sighs> I met John Lester, and you know what? That's probably the first mistake I've made on this <laughs> podcast ever. Or you know what though, week. if we could combine yeah, John legacy. Lester and Kyle Hendricks it, into one pitcher, that would be pretty remarkable. That's that's my plan. That's my plan. Have have them rotate batters, have the other person play first base and go back and forth. If we don't have Anthony Rizzo, we have John Hendricks as your starting pitcher and rotate every batter. That's gonna be the plan. David Ross, if you're listening, yes, I just solved yes, the baseball for you. We need a mad scientist you. pronto to uh, make that happen. Let's move <laughs> on to the fourth <laughs> inning, Chad. Uh, scrimmage was uh, uh, televised on the Marquee Network. One problem, as we know, that uh, the Marquee Network is only on limited uh, cable stations in the Chicagoland area. It is not on Xfinity or Comcast. And uh, certainly Cubs Twitter, which we know can be vocal when they want to be, was uh, certainly upset about that. Um, but here's my question. I'm, I'm not so much concerned about it not being on for certain people. My question is, did you really want or care to watch an intra-squad scrimmage? I understand we're dying for baseball, but are we at the point now where really we got nothing else to do that we would watch an intra-squad scrimmage of this team? I, 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 I'm sorry, maybe... Maybe you can sit here and, and say, like, I'm not a big enough fan, but you know what? Like, it doesn't interest <laughs> me. I want to see an actual game. I don't care about oh. a scrimmage. I never cared when the Bears would scrimmage or the Bulls would scrimmage or the Blackhawks would scrimmage. So this is no different. This is no different. I loved it. No different. I loved it. Rhino, I loved it. I loved it because you had the opportunity to see in a game situation Baez take on Darvish. You had, you had opportunity to see these fun matchups. I loved it. I really did. I actually liked it a lot. It was fun to see, um, you know, and they could they could have fun with it. They could be not so serious and, you know, do home run stare downs and, and things like that. I enjoyed it. Let's go back to that first topic. And, and you, you, you know, you had mentioned they're not on Comcast or Xfinity. It's the same company. And, yes, it's the most households in Chicago. Here's my take. Every single person that has been complaining about this since last year, why have you not just switched to RCN? Why are you more loyal to Xfinity Comcast? Comcast, like the evil empire, like Darth Vader mode, right? Why are you more loyal to Comcast? Why haven't you jumped ship over to RCN? They're in Chicago. They're about the same cost. They've got the same channels. Why haven't you switched to Hulu? There are other options. I feel every time you see people, and it's that silent minority online that complains about, oh, they're not going to get it done. First off, I think they're going to get it done. I think they're waiting right to the very end. Um, But for those people it's no longer 1987, guys. It's not on free WGN. It hasn't been on for years and years and years. You've had to have cable to access the Cubs for the majority of the season. If you aren't happy that they're not on Comcast, let me know on our Facebook page. Let me know at the Chad Gordon on Twitter. Light me up and, and, and enlighten me 
why you have stayed with Comcast if you're such a Cubs fan. You could have been watching the Marquee Network since the launch, but you've chosen to stay Here's- with Comcast and complain. I don't want to alienate listeners. I'm just I, I'm bewildered. We're losing Twitter followers as we speak, Chad. Um, no, here's I, let me let me say this, I, and, and I understand where you're coming from, but I think the uh, average Cubs fan, the viewer that has Xfinity, has been led to believe that this is going to be happening, like in the very near future, and it is still has not happened. So I think there's like a a large majority of people that are sitting there going, okay, it's going to happen. Like, I'm going to get it. That's well, we're going to get it. But then when they then don't they should see it stop complaining, and they see the people bickering back and forth, it's the fans at the end of the day that lose out. That's, that's, what, that's all but I'm they, getting at. But they, keep, but they keep saying, they keep blaming big business. They keep blaming, you know, how baseball's changed, how the Ricketts are forcing the, this new network on everybody's hands, as if they've had it on over-the-air uh, TV for years, and they haven't. So I don't know. I just I think people like to complain. They like to be angry about things. I'm hopeful that it'll be worked out because I'm sick of hearing about it. You know, if, if, if you were if you really wanted to see spring training at all these games this month, the last couple of weeks, you'd be you'd switch. Right. Let by us now. move you'd on found to the fifth inning now. And Jose Quintana, uh, formerly of the uh, plate gate scandal where he cut his finger, he had his stitches removed. Uh, so he's going to start throwing again, and then the Cubs will have to make a determination as to when he can return. Yeah. Now, Chad, uh, Jose Quintana did have a good stretch last year, but uh, he was kind of the target of a lot of fan uh, anger, so to speak, uh, because of some of the games. And, of course, uh, everyone loves to remind everyone about the trade the Cubs made to get him and the prospects they gave up who are now playing over on the south side. So. Alec Mills and uh, Tyler Chatwood are going to be the four and five starters. Um, I guess at this point, do you look at Jose Quintana as a guy who has to return to the back end of the rotation? My, my take on this is, is this. It's a very simple answer. If Tyler Chatwood and Alex Mills show that they are capable of the number four and five starter role and are doing quite well, then I don't think there's any reason to rush Quintana back. If we see that Alec Mills and Tyler Chatwood or one of the two can no cannot really hold down that four or five starter spot and are not doing well, well, that presents a whole different story. And I think then you got to really see when can Jose Quintana get back into the rotation, because as you said earlier in this program, um, any short losing streak can uh, make or break this season. Yeah. So it is going to be a very short leash for these pitchers uh, as we go into this shortened season. Yeah. I mean, I am all in on Chatwood making a play. I think he showed us something as long relief. I, you know, he was more in his head than anything when he came over and struggled um, mills yet to be determined. You know what I'll say about, we're, we're not going to see Jose get rushed back. It's nerve damage in his hand. He, he's going to come back when he's able to come back. You know, if, if the wound is healed and the nerve damage is, is also healed, he's going to come back. Um, here's the thing he's needed regardless. I mean, if, if we go six, six starters along, along the way, there's only six days off this entire 60 game stretch. So you're going to need, um, an extra pitcher here and there. So he needs to come back. Um, he typically can eat up a lot of innings. If you look historically at his inning count, um, since he came over in that crease and Jimenez trade that everybody hates, even though 
Jimenez is a, a strikeout machine and Kreese hasn't really shown anything yet. We're still talking about prospects, although Eloy, Eloy is a physical specimen. Um, you know, he has eaten up a lot of innings and he served his purpose as a mid to late part of a, of a rotation. So I'm excited for him to come back for, for the main reason is this is a, a shortened um, contract season. And everybody seems to bring, other than Bryce Harper, seems to bring their best out during those contract seasons. So I'm I'm all in on him coming back. I think he has to come back when he's physically able. I mean, talk about a freak injury, but he is gonna he's gonna figure into the success or failures of this this Chicago Cubs Cubs team. All right. The, well, moving on to the games. sixth inning, someone else who I certainly feel like is going to have to contribute and be successful this year if the Cubs are going to be good is Craig Kimbrell, who just had a dismal. 2019 season uh he was the guy everybody wanted as the closer the cubs got him and just did not deliver what we thought he would be um and from what i have been reading and hearing chad uh things have not gotten better he's gotten lit up in a lot of these scrimmages he has not looked very sharp and uh, this is what's most concerning to me because this is a guy who is getting paid a lot of money and he is a guy who the cubs really put all of their basically you know all their hopes into for this bullpen to be successful because that was a big issue last year and it could potentially be another big issue this year if Craig Kimball isn't right I I don't know what the Cubs are going to do when it comes to the closer role they're definitely going to have their hands full so I am hoping that Craig Kimball uh, can kind of get over these issues and be ready in the next uh, week and change because they are going to need him if they're going to be able to close out games uh, for this 2020 season. Yeah, there's no doubt. Now, historically, every top reliever that came in midway through a season, there's not there's not a record of any that came in midway through a season and, and has done really well. They've all struggled. Craig absolutely struggled right to the very end. So that's a little concerning seeing how he's not having an entire spring and an early part of the year to kind of warm into his role and become more dominant. So that is a concern point for me. Um, and then also, you know, there's, there's, this is a guy that feeds off of adrenaline. Now, is he going to be able to come in? Actually, is any of these guys going to be able to come in and be lights out adrenaline wise when there isn't any crowd ramping them up, either booing or cheering. So that's a concern I have as well, but simply put, if, Craig Kimbrell does not show up. The Cubs, they, they would, they, we, we don't know who the hero of this, this team's going to be if he's not going to be the closer because it's going to be somebody we're not thinking of right now who has to step into this role and step in and deliver. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines. And of course, when you think of ESPN, the mothership, the network, there's three guys who, in my opinion, are the face of the network. Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and our guest today. We are so excited to have him. He's the host of Get Up on ESPN, the former host of Mike and Mike on ESPN Radio, but he's returning to the radio network for a new afternoon show. Plus, Let's not forget, Northwestern graduate started his career at WMAQ Radio, the Score Sports Radio in Chicago and CLTV. I grew up watching him. It's the amazingly talented Mike Greenberg joining us here on the Friendly Confines. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time and spending a few minutes with us here. 
What a nice introduction. I, I think what I'm going to have to do is hire you to just follow me around <laughs> and introduce me to people at all times. Uh, thank you very much for having me, Chicago. Chicago still feels like my home. I, I always say I grew up in New York and then I grew up again in Chicago. I, I, I met and married my wife there. The other day, David Ross, five others missed practice for the Cubs because their COVID test didn't come back in a sufficient amount of time. Do you think ultimately Major League Baseball is taking the right steps? And do you think, you know, my, my partner and I debate about this all the time. Do you think we'll ultimately be able to see a 60-game completed season in Major League Baseball without a stoppage? I don't mean to punt on the question, but I, I, I just have no way of even guessing. Um, here's what I've said to my audience. We, we've been on the air every day on Get Up in the Morning since this whole coronavirus thing began. And what I've said all along is that I'm going to be optimistic because the price of being optimistic is the same as the price of being pessimistic. So why not? But I'm not going to be unrealistic. And when you look at what is going on around our country right now, it is very difficult for me to envision a scenario where outside of a bubble, um, all of these baseball players and all of the, the uh, support staff that is required to put on a baseball season are going to just function without this thing running rampant through it and causing extraordinary problems. Let's put it that way. Whether those problems are such that they have to shut the whole thing down or if they can actually figure out a way to work around them is what remains to be seen. I think it is a near certainty that the coronavirus will play a role, a significant role in whatever happens in this baseball season. But whether it is such that they just can't go on is what we're going to have to wait and see. And um, at this point, I'm, I'm, I both have a vested interest as one who makes my living in the sports industry and just as a, as a lifelong fan and lover of the sport and of all sports, I sincerely hope they can. But it would be, at this point, you would have to be completely blind to not see that there is significant jeopardy. And... Um, I know that isn't a definitive answer to your question, but I think it's it's the best I can manage for now. I, I don't think there's any upside to saying they'll never manage this because I hope they can. And and what I think doesn't really matter one way or the other. And we're talking with Mike Greenberg. You can find Mike on Twitter at ESPN Greeny. Of course, longtime host on Mike and Mike. And of course, now the current host of Get Up. You can find him in the mornings there on ESPN. Mike, when you look at the Cubs and of course what they've done from the 2015 to 2018 uh, era. You you know this organization as well as anyone. You got to cover them. Uh, maybe at times when they weren't at their peak, so to speak. Um, but when you think of the era and the probably the best time to be a Cub fan, are you still surprised a little bit, even though they got that title in 2016, that they they maybe didn't do more or contend more or get to maybe more World Series? How do you ultimately look at this era of Cubs baseball when it will be all said and done? Yes, two thoughts. Well, the first is to say that I covered them when they were at less than their peak <laughs> would be a very kind way to put it for them. Um, I covered some just terrible baseball at Wrigley Field um, in, the, uh, in, the, in the early 90s. Um, as far as um, this era, they won a World Series and, and, and multiple generations of Chicagoans lived full lives without ever seeing that. So you can't really call it a, a, a failure, but I do think it has been something of a disappointment. 
Um, what is the answer to why that has been? Because I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a good point as well. Um, you see your coworker, or former coworker, I should say, David Ross, ready to take the reins of this team. Um, I don't know how well you know David Ross, but what do you ultimately think from maybe your interactions with him of how he will do as a manager? I don't know him well at all, but I have been around him when he was working for us. And I think exactly what I think everyone in Chicago knows him to be, which is a very good guy and an excellent leader. Like he is just a, a, a team guy. Um, and, and, and every comment that he ever made on any show I was hosting, it was always about the team. It was always about what the right thing to do is. It's always about what's best for the clubhouse. It's always about what's best for the group. Um, and look, I mean, historically, catchers and players who are not superstars wind up being the best managers because the catcher has the understanding of what's going on across the diamond better than anybody else does. And the superstar generally does not, is, is not the best leader because the superstar doesn't understand why everybody can't do what he can do. So I think that they have, they have uh, bet on the right horse. And I, I think it's a heck of a time to be trying something new because one of the things I'm most fascinated by is what is a 60 game season going to look like? And I think there's more pressure on managers this year than ever before, because you are managing a sprint and that's not something any baseball manager has ever had to do in the 160 or whatever it is year history of the sport. This is supposed to be a marathon and these guys are going to have to figure out on the fly how to manage a sprint so um, that's either an advantage or a disadvantage for an inexperienced manager. It's a disadvantage to the extent that they don't have a wealth of experience to fall back on. But maybe it's an advantage because all of the managers are in the same boat. Uh, none of them know what it's like to manage a 60-game season because no one's ever done it before. So um, it'll be fascinating for me to see how it plays out. Mike, you got to cover baseball uh, in the early 90s before you left for ESPN. You you spent, you know, obviously you spent four years at Northwestern, went to college there. Uh, I know you got to cover, I want to say four championships, four of the six for the Bulls. Um, you, you never had the opportunity to, to really see the Cubs as, as what they are. So I'm going to say that the Bulls were probably the highlight of when you got to cover the Chicago sports scene. But if you handicap it as a whole, in your opinion, if you take the championships of all the teams, knowing Chicago like you do, where do you think a Cubs championship is uh, kind of in the pantheon of Chicago championships when it comes to the Bears, the Bulls, the White Sox, the Blackhawks, and the Cubs overall? Is, is there a way you could rank it? I would rank them first, and I think that that is because of the 108 years that it took to happen um, and, and because of the extraordinary – I mean, the day – so I arrived in Evanston, Illinois in September of 1985 as a freshman at Northwestern. And I've many times said the first friend I made in Chicago was Harry Carey, even though I never met him in my life. But I quickly discovered that the Cubs only played in the afternoons because there were no lights at Wrigley Field yet. And they had this announcer named Harry Carey, who was just awesome. And it didn't make any difference what was going on in the game or even that there was a game. He was worth putting the television on Channel 9, WGN, and listening to. Uh, and I quickly discovered beyond him but the Cubs were just a religion in Chicago. And um, you couple that with the 100-year, 108-year wait 
I, I, I in my, my sense of it was that was the single biggest event that has happened in Chicago sports in my conscious knowledge and, and maybe beyond that. And that's a fascinating thing to say when you consider the iconic nature of two of the other champions that we're talking about. Obviously, the White Sox won a World Series and they were a terrific team in 2005. And I covered some really good White Sox teams in the early 90s with Frank Thomas and Jack McDowell and Robin Ventura. And, and the Blackhawks obviously had a mini dynasty there. But when you consider the iconic nature of the 85 Bears, who are one of the most famous football teams ever, whether you're from Chicago or not, the 85 Bears are one of the most legendary and iconic teams in the history of American sports. And then you consider the Jordan Bulls, who are one of the greatest dynasties ever, and who all these years later still drew record ratings to ESPN with our series of films this past spring, it is remarkable to say that anything could be bigger than those were. But I think the Cubs championship taken in and of itself was. That's at least the way I felt uh, observing it. And that's the way I have so many friends from Chicago. As I mentioned, I, I met and married my wife in Chicago. We have so, I, so many of the people closest to me in my life are Chicagoans. And certainly the reaction that I witnessed in all of them I mean, I'm talking about grown adults crying real tears when when they won. Um, that, that is something that I never saw in any other championship, not only in Chicago, but anywhere. So I think the Cubs winning based upon the, the, the gap was one of the biggest championships that is that have happened in any American sport in a really long time. We're finishing up here with Mike Greenberg, who's been so kind with his time here on the seventh inning stretch. Uh, Mike, you're coming back to the radio network. You took some time away to get get up on the air, and now you're coming back. Is there anything you can tell us about your new show that's going to be coming back to the radio and what that's going to be like for you? Yes, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, it's going to air. Uh, we're going to be for two hours starting at noon Eastern every weekday, starting in the middle of August, and I'm extremely excited. Um, you're right. It took a little time to get get up sort of where I wanted it to be, where I want it to be. And I think we have it now in a good place. And it is time that I have enough bandwidth to be able to, to devote some attention to other things. And this is something I've always known that eventually I would get back to uh, because I love the medium of television, uh, but I equally love the medium of radio. They are very different. And the thing that I love the most about radio is the intimacy in the relationship with the audience. There is just a directness. There is a closeness that you can have with your audience on the radio. It just doesn't exist on television for any number of reasons. And the ability to try and recapture that, which I enjoyed so much for so long on the radio, um, and to be able to go a little more in depth into things um, on radio than we do in what is a very fast-paced morning television show that I host is something I'm really looking forward to. So we'll be on uh, starting in the middle of August, and I'm, I couldn't be more excited about it. I, I really hope that we have a busy sports fall because I think our, our nation could really use it, and I hope that I will be right in the middle of all of it, covering it for you all. Does it have a name yet? And two, will it be weird looking to your left and not seeing Mike Golick next to you? Will that be uh, kind of weird at first? Um. I think less so than it was. It was very weird, you know, launching Get Up. 
there are certain things about radio and TV that are different. Then there are certain things that are the same. Um, I, I, I look to my left uh, when we first launched Get Up many times. And um, so I've gotten used to that. So I don't think it'll be that unusual for me now because it's been three years. It was very unusual for me when, when I first came back, um, despite the fact that it wasn't in the same medium. Um, and then the name, we have not 100% decided on the name. We have, we've been calling it the Mike Greenberg Show just as a placeholder. I don't know if that's what it'll be. We have to decide. Um, my, my, what I'm being told is we need to decide that pretty <laughs> soon because they need to start making, they need to start making um, uh, graphics and, and, and logos and all that other stuff that I never think about. So I keep saying, what difference does it make what we call it? And they keep saying, it makes a difference, Greeny. We need an answer. So I need to answer that, and, and I will soon. But to this point, I've not made up. Well, let me ask you guys. So do you think that the show would be better off being just called Greeny or being called the Mike Greenberg Show? One is obviously a little more formal. The other is a little more casual. I do envision the show having a little bit more of a casual air, certainly than my TV show does in the morning. So what do you guys think? Which one what, sounds what about better this? to you? And I'm, I clearly, you know, take this for what it's worth. What about Mike and the Greeny Gang? Mike and the Greeny Gang is a little wordy okay. for me. It, it's a little, it's a little complicated. I also, I think that could be the name of the show we do in the mornings because um, that really is about the ensemble. Um, the radio show is going to be a little less that. I don't, I don't think I'll have four or five, six people on with me every day in the way that I do on TV. So that might be a little more, uh, a little more closely suited to the TV show than it is the radio show. We'll see. I, I, we'll, we'll, I have to decide this in the next couple of days. So I'll announce it at some point. Um, I think I'm leaning towards Greeny, but I have not 100%. I think that's a good choice. I really do. I think that that works perfectly. I think everybody's got like the name show, right? It's like so-and-so show. I think Greeny, it's different. It puts it out there. It, it, everyone knows it's you with that name. So I, I think that's perfect. Uh, Mike Greenberg from ESPN, the host of Get Up, the soon-to-be uh, unnamed radio show on ESPN's radio network starting in August. Mike, we can't thank you enough for being on with us. Please. We are inviting you back anytime you are available, your scheduling permit. We'd love to have you back on the program. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us about Cubs baseball and all things going on in your world. Well, I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Let's do it again when the season is underway. Our thanks to Mike Greenberg of ESPN. Of course, you can find Greeny on Twitter at ESPN Greeny. Of course, he's the host of Get Up during the week and that radio show. Stay tuned for it, Chad. I'm telling you, Chad, nobody gets bigger guests than nobody. the Friendly Confines podcast. Nobody. I it's mean, I mean honestly, honestly, only open concessions, only only Lynn Casper and the, and the Cubs, their power. They're the only ones that are getting like TV and movie stars and, and they get the owner. But like there's not another Cubs podcast that is doing what we're doing. And we hope the listeners, you guys are enjoying this because we're enjoying the heck out of it. So reach out to us. Let us know. Um, connect with Ryan. He's at Ryan D Lieber. That's at Twitter at, at Ryan D Lieber. You can get me uh, at Twitter at the Chad Gordon, or you can find us on uh, Facebook. We've got the Chicago Cubs friendly confines podcast uh, headquarters, uh, really fun growing community. Um, and it's a lot more fun once the games get started. Yeah, absolutely. So let us shift gears now, Chad, to the eighth inning. And 
we do want to make sure that we, um, you know, make note of this, that friend of the show, George Offman, who is a uh, Southern Illinois University graduate. In fact, he was the first guest we ever had on the Friendly Confines podcast, uh, by the way. Yep. Unfortunately, because of everything going on in the world and because of COVID-19 and, you know, the economy, the way that it is, WBBM News Radio had to let George go um, after uh. such an amazing career that he has had at several radio stations. But George is so beloved um, in the Chicago market. And it really says something when the peers that you work with is, as you know, we know, Chad, once upon a time, we worked in this industry. Um, you know, it's a very competitive backstabbing business. But when you see the outpouring of support that I have seen on social media from yeah. other broadcasters in the market of Chicago, paying homage to George, telling them how much they appreciate him and really hoping for the best. That just kind of shows you the type of person that George Offman is. I actually had the opportunity to text him as well to reach out, just tell him I was thinking about him and, and wishing nothing but the best for him. He did respond back to me. So George, uh, from, from me to you, uh, continue to just fight on. You're great at what you do. And I really would like to think that there is a radio station out there in the city of Chicago yeah. that can use the experience and, and just the absolute great work ethic that George Offman has. And I really hope nothing for the best for him um, in the coming uh, you know, months. And, and hopefully we'll see him back on the radio very soon. Yeah, the really the the steady brilliance of George and and you know and you're right. So many people reached out. I'm also Facebook friends with George, um, and everybody from Chip Carey, you know, reached out and and shared shared uh, positive encouragement to him. To Mike Reese, you know, we always talk about Southern Illinois University. Mike's the voice of the Salukis down there, and Mike basically said that George taught him everything he knew when he got started about about if you could say something in 40 seconds, George could say it even better in 15 seconds. Yep. A true pro. And I do believe we're going to see him back in it in some capacity very soon. Uh, organization would be a foolish not to have him, but uh, a friend of the program and a legend as far as I'm concerned um, in sports broadcasting. Awesome. So well said. And uh, the ninth inning now, Chad. And uh, it's it's kind of interesting to note that Certainly, we know that the Cubs have kind of an interesting contract when it comes to playing night games um, during the season. And usually it's difficult for them to play uh, night games on either a Saturday or a Sunday. We know Sunday games, unless they're on national TV, are always played during the day as well as Saturday. But um, because of the interesting season, Mayor Lori Lightfoot was able to work out a plan where it paves the way for the Cubs to play 11 weekend night games, six on Friday and five on Saturday. And all but one of those weekend games would start at 7.15 p.m., and that being a home opener on the 24th, which is a Friday, will start at 6.10 p.m. And the reason given is to help reduce the travel during the pandemic, which um, obviously if the Cubs were to come home on a Thursday night from a road trip, instead of playing a day game at 120, they'd be able to kind of rest up a little more and be able to play that night game. So, Chad, this could potentially work in the Cubs' favor um, because certainly over the years, people have always suggested that the reason the Cubs have always been at a disadvantage is because they play more day games than everyone else. It's really hot outside. All, all the excuses that, you know, people like to give. 
but maybe this could be advantageous for the Cubs. Where, where do you stand on everything that goes on with the weekend night games this year and how that could play out for them? Well, I mean, the headline here is the Friday nights. Friday nights have never been allowed. Friday nights are just not verboten. Friday, because of the restaurants, you know, thinking that it's going to take a hit into the, the date nights in Wrigleyville. Friday nights were just never a thing. And that's why it was always a series of Friday afternoons, which, frankly, is my favorite thing in the world to do is know I, was, I got my work done in time and I can head over at noon and meet up with some friends. So I always love the Friday afternoon game. But for the Cubs, they'd love to play the Friday evening games going forward because – they know they're going to get a pretty good audience, um, but it, it also helps the away teams. So now the Reds don't have to come in on Thursday night. They can fly in Friday morning and play Friday night. So it really is a health and safety thing. Uh, Tim Tunney, the alderman there, and, and, and Light, Lori Lightfoot, the, the mayor, have come together to help the Cubs in this particular stance. And I think it's the right decision. I don't think when things normalize, it's going to change back. I mean, it's going to stay this way. I think Fridays are going to go back to the afternoons. But I'm certainly going to like it. Um, you know, uh, if I'm going to like it, just knowing that there's some options, um, from an entertainment things on Friday, but trust me, I would have watched I would have listened to every single, um, Friday afternoon game. That is my favorite one, but, um, it's good for the Cubs, good for health and safety. I want to support these guys. I want to see them play 60 games. I want to see everybody, you know, get through this season. Um, and I want to see a full playoffs. I don't think it's going to happen, but I wanted to and anything that the Cubs and Major League Baseball, City, Chicago, that they can do to ensure that this happens, gives them a little extra fighting chance. They have to do it. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, that is going to wrap things up on this edition of the Friendly Confines. Of course, our thanks once again to Mike Greenberg of ESPN. Uh, it's so cool to be able to talk to him and uh, hopefully we'll be able to connect with him down the line. So for Chad... I am Ryan. Hey, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. And please wear a mask. See you at the ballpark one day very soon. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same. When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're a field. The first time you walk into Rigor.